My name is Stevie Richards and I'm the owner and founder of Stevie Richards Fitness. I started Stevie Richards Fitness with one simple mission statement, to help others. I know what it's like to be injured. I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to be in pain each and every day of your life. I also know how to modify to overcome that pain, to overcome that discomfort, to overcome your injuries. And that's why I created the programs I did at Stevie Richards Fitness. Every single exercise has a modification. Everything can be successfully completed, no matter your age or fitness level. And that's what I infused in the 12 and 16 week resistance band training programs to pass along to you at an affordable, accessible price. Believe in yourself because I believe in you and I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Voices of Misery podcast. This show isn't for the easily offended. So PC Police on Patrol, stand by. You've been warned. Now let's join the nerd and nerdette with another podcast for that ass. It's the Voice Misery Podcast. I'm the nerd, and we have a special guest today. I'm not going to take too much time in this intro because we went a little long with our guest today, a little over an hour and a half with our guest, Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, you guys may know him from various wrestling websites, and he's also one of the producers on Hami Media. This man knows a lot about wrestling, life, and he's very entertaining. We had a great time talking to him, and uh, we definitely appreciate him coming on the show. And we have some other good things down the pipeline in the Voices of Misery, so... Thank you, Big Ray. We appreciate you, man. We love you, and uh, we hope you guys dig the show. Leave some feedback and five-star comments, as always, on the uh, iTunes. And yeah, man, let us know what you think. we got some more things coming down the pipeline, and we appreciate our big uh, our big guest, <laughs> Big Ray. Uh, yeah, man, he's a good friend of the show, and we hope you guys dig it. So check it out. Here we go, Big Ray. Voices of Misery podcast, and guess what? we got Big Ray on the line, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sexual Indie Window himself, Big Ray. I wish you guys could see. <laughs> I kind of wish we were live on Twitch right now so they can see how beautiful this man is. Oh, I, wish, oh. I am so jealous of that bald head. Oh, my God, I'm jealous of that. Well, I, just shaved my, razor, man. I just shaved mine yesterday, and it feels like horrible. I, Ray, I, just, I just want to tell you guys really quickly. I'm sweating like a billionaire standing around a bunch of 14-year-old girls. It is so hot in this in this uh, apartment right now. <laughs> Was that a Jeffrey Epstein pun? Because he's been all over the place lately. I'm just saying any any billionaire in general. <laughs> now, now, why do you think that is, man? Like, why do you think a billionaire would need to be around 14-year-old girls? It's like, you have all that money. You can pretty much have any woman you want, no matter how old you are. Why 14-year-old girls? Well, that's why. I mean, you know, the thing is that you can have anything you want. So, you know, what are you going to... What are you going to go after? You're going to go after things. Why do you think fucking Mike Tyson, when he was making all that money, had a fucking pet tiger? Just because he could, probably. Exactly. So that's why a billionaire can go, uh, uh, you know, look for fortune. Not that I'm condoning, because I think it's the most disgusting thing in the world. It's an atrocity. But, you know, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They, they, they want to go, hey, yeah, that 14-year-old kid looks cool. Let's, let's bring him to this private island, feed him pizza, and, and you know, and have uh, terrible relations with them. That's what they do, man. Um, I'm not saying all billionaires are like that, but I've worked. We can talk about this down the line. I worked 
at a very famous address here in New York that is um, synonymous with uh, the most powerful people in the world. Shit, please, please elaborate. I want to hear some more about this, man. Well, if you guys ever jump, but by the way, did I even? Did I, if you guys listen, so you, so, so you so you people out there who don't know who the fuck I am, um, just, <laughs> everyone knows who you are. You're big Ray, man. No, nobody knows who the fuck I'm. I'm nobody. But listen. Just so you guys have an idea, uh, I am a producer and on-air talent at Hameen Media, where, you know, you guys are, uh, by the way, we love you guys. Uh, you guys are sponsoring us this month, and I believe, possibly, maybe, hopefully, for the next seven months. Uh, I don't know if we have that on, on uh, See, you for seven months. <laughs> I don't know. Don't worry, you could pay us in a fucking, uh, uh, what is it, a cryptocurrency, but listen. <laughs> So, um, so basically, you know, I've been doing this whole um, wrestling slash uh, whatever producing for like ten years. Uh, I've been I started, and we can get into this down the line because this has a lot to do with my dad. So we'll talk about this later. But I've been working with a, a very legendary, legendary uh, boxing photographer slash uh, editor, pro wrestling uh, editor, pro wrestling. Uh, he used to run this magazine called Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Bill Apter. He's very, very famous in the world of professional wrestling. And this guy is a, a legitimate legend. We can talk about that later on. But uh, I moved into doing this with Ben. You know, we we're doing a little conspiracy, a little, little fucking wrestling, a little MMA, a little bit of everything, man. But uh, I just wanted people to have an idea. You know, I'm not just some fucking, you know, I mean, I am some motherfucker just off the street. But um, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, uh, this is so much fun. I do this for the love. Uh, and I'm so fucking happy to be here with you guys. And I'm so happy that we made friends with you guys and, and have established this really cool partnership. So I really wanted to get that, uh, you know, off my back. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I, too, have had a few beverages. Uh, I know our, our <laughs> esteemed. <laughs> yes. What are you drinking? Yeah. Come on, man. Don't hide it. I saw your cup. Okay, so this is, by the way, this is a huge, uh, one of the big, now I'm a big son of a bitch, so this this may look small on my hands, but this is a, uh, how many ounces is this motherfucker? I think this is the uh, 64 ounce, uh, no, how many ounces? I don't know, it's, it's, a, oh, it's like a 32 ounce, maybe bigger than that, 42, anyway, so it's a 42 ounce cup, a Dunkin' Donuts cup, and inside this cup, I have a mix of uh, Malibu coconut rum, uh, mm -hmm. some some sky vodka and uh, a little bit of a tropical fruit punch Jeez. that's that's oh, and boy. I'll say half of it or more than half of it is ice and liquor <laughs> <laughs> my boy Absolutely. but anyway you asked me a question yeah. uh, what were you asking yeah. me before don't think you're gonna get away from this because you're plugged in with a lot of conspiracy people your best friend or one of your best friends Billy Ray Valentine is really plugged in so I gotta ask you about this Epstein thing man what is he dead? Is he alive? You guys have like a direct like bat phone into all this crazy shit out there. My wife and I, the nerdette, she, we don't know anything about this. So we are going to turn it over to you, the expert. What the hell is going on with Jeffrey Epstein? What is the situation? Is he dead or not? Did the Clintons kill him? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, some breaking news right here. Um, first and foremost, Billy Ray Valentine, who is a good friend of mine, we actually worked together as very young adults. When I say young adults, I'm talking our early twenties at the Gap at the World Trade Center. Uh, that's actually how we met. And I'll let him tell you that story because 
Um, I have uh, spoken to Billy Ray Valentine, and he would love to come on as a guest. When you talk about conspiracy theories, people that are in the know and people that know that world, I would say I'm at the just a, a little over the novice level. Billy Ray Valentine has spoken to uh, presidential candidates, uh, people that are that have been affiliated with the deep state, so on and so forth. Uh, so that's a person that you can ask a really good deep question and if you say 9-11 to that guy he will take you down a rabbit hole that you will never ever climb out of by the way and but and i have to ask your audience out there and i know that nobody can respond right now because we're not live on twitch but you know now 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 nerd yes sir you have a fucking sexy voice man you know oh that, right? my god stop saying I, that i really do and and you want to know something we were talking about your voice actually the other day you are a man of many different voices the way you did the intros Oh, and we're going to play the third one of four tonight. How the hell do you get your voice to sound like that, man? I, I am jealous. Well, uh, my father. Oh, man. I'm going to talk so much about my dad doing this podcast. My father uh, was an amazing. Uh, he's a singer. I, I don't know if you guys know. I, I've actually uh, I started singing when I was very, very young. Uh, I've sang. <laughs> I've sang in front of hundreds. I've sang in front of a couple of thousand people uh, in New York. Uh, out of New York State. Uh, that's how I really got comfortable in front of a lot of people. I grew up in the church. I grew up in, in my uh, in my school, my, my middle school. Uh, our choir was one of the top choirs uh, in New York State, and we used to travel all over the place singing. So a lot of people don't know. People at Hami Media know that, that I sing, because I actually did a gimmick where I put forth a, a little bit of a Christmas thing together where I sang I some of my favorite kids Christmas songs, and it was uh, I put it up on... Sing uh, Elvis. Uh, excuse me, you sing what? You No, you sang some Elvis at one point. I remember being very oh, impressed. I've been listening for a while, man. Well, listen, now this is the question I wanted to ask your audience before you ask me about this Epstein thing. Okay. Audience, audience out there. All six of you. All six of you guys and gals. <laughs> Wait, one died, five. Oh, shit. All right, well, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I wonder if Clinton had anything to do with it. But anyway... <laughs> If, if, you know, I've been also told now my fiance, Jennifer, who's in the other room right now, she's actually watching The Color Purple, the movie. And uh, it's a two and a half hour movie. I told her I'd be in here for quite some time. So I'm doing this. But she loves my voice. And, and you know, I've been told by women, by females and by certain men, by the way, and I, I don't discriminate. If you guys like me, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but how can your audience take two unbelievably sexy voices? Oh God! You know, and 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 that's something I was worried about today. I was figuring that we were going to break the internet tonight. So uh, I mean, like we have special uh, filters on our microphones because we don't want to, you know, ooze out too much sexiness. So I actually have a voice distorter. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it, it's really not going to bleed out too much. So I I, I hope that women listening, because we have a very large contingency of women listening, I hope they have a towel ready to sit on. Oh as my as God, as I can't, I can't deal with two of you as, at the same time like this. I, it's, wow. <laughs> First, that's what she said. Um, Let me tell oh you. Oh my God. See, uh, this oh, is going to be a long podcast. We man. need another woman here because I feel like you're, 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 you're getting the, the, the harsh end of two men. I would, Wow. You could take that to so many different levels. Um, Jen would come on, but she's a little shy when it comes to this. She's actually one of my, she's my, not one of, she's my best friend in the world. I love her to death. She's my fiance. Hopefully, God willing, if everything works out and she doesn't sleep with a black guy, she will be getting married <laughs> around 2020. Um, but Don't anyway. say stuff like that when I'm taking a sip of my drink. I'm going to spit it out on oh, the computer screen. Sorry about that. So you asked me about Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, sir. Now, I worked at this, uh, 
at this building, 740 Park Avenue. If you guys right now want to pause this uh, this podcast and Google 740 Park Avenue, which is or or search on YouTube 740 Park Avenue documentary. This is the building that is located on Park Avenue around 71st Street. It's it's a New York City. Uh, what do you call those buildings that they can't tear down because they're super important and uh, <sighs> it's a landmark. There you go. It's a landmark. I worked in that building. That building is a big uh, building, man. You see Google. What's that? Oh no, no. She she pulled it up and now she's showing it to me. Holy shit, that's a nice building. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. That's a beautiful building, has a beautiful facade, but just like the deep state, everything looks beautiful on the outside, but the inside is black and disgusting. And I was able to to see and 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 work around some of the biggest and most powerful people in the world in that building. And 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 I can say names because if you just Google it, it'll tell you who the fuck lives there. But I'm, I'm talking about people like like the Lauders. If if uh, if you ever use perfume, Estee Lauder, the the heir of that of that billion dollar company lives there. Uh, you know, the Coke, the Coke industries, uh, um, one of the brothers lives there. Um, Vera Wang lives in that building. So, and just a, a couple of names, but working in that building is, I, I was able to see, and it's fu- so funny. I was able to see, and it's funny that the Democrats usually, uh, end up walking through the doors of that building, asking for money all the time, but that's neither here nor there. That, that's a rabbit hole. I'll let Billy Ray down. <laughs> but. You ask me if Jeffrey Epstein is dead, and I keep dancing around that because I think you guys need to understand that I have a very deep uh, thought regarding this. And, you know, talking and being affiliated with all these people that are that are really, uh, as, you know, some of the kids nowadays will say woke. But, you oh, know, yeah. but it, this is the matrix, and I believe that the world, we, 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 we've all been, been pulled out of the matrix, or, or a good portion of us have been pulled out of this, this virtual matrix that that has us bound to believing a certain thing like the democrats are good the republicans are bad listen they all fucking suck everybody sucks oh absolutely they all suck and 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 i'm not going to ramble on but do i believe he's dead no i don't believe he's dead i believe uh he is he what now man we could talk about this for hours but there is something called the clinton kill list oh yeah i heard about this one and I do believe that he is on or he was on that Clinton kill list. Now, this is, again, my personal opinion. Uh, I believe he is on that list. But I believe, just like Billy Ray Valentine has stated on the Infinite Fringe, uh, his, his amazing podcast, that there is still something they need him for. So they are keeping him alive. But I, be- I believe he will eventually be killed. But the person that they pulled out of that prison, I do not believe was him. Okay, that makes sense. Well, they didn't I, show any that. pictures of him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. No, no one's seen his dead body yet. Oh, they actually have. Oh, they have. And and this is why I say he's not dead. Now I, I can can I can I message you guys on on Facebook while we're on here? Well, please do. Okay, so what I'm going to do is while you guys are talking, I'm going to go through uh, one of my pictures. Now this picture will show Jeffrey Epstein uh, alive. And then they'll sh- and then there's gonna sh- they're gonna show Jeffrey Epstein being carted out. Now this was a secret picture taken. Uh, n- nobody knows who took this picture, but what you're gonna see in this picture are two very different Jeffrey Epstein's. And this is why I say this. Now, when a person is alive, right? When you're alive, dead, whatever, beaten, it doesn't matter whether you're beaten, whether you're whether you're thrown down a flight of stairs. One of the things that do not change positions, does not change shape, uh, may change color, are your ears, right? 
Am yeah, I wrong? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Neither here nor there. So I'm going to send you, and I'm trying to fucking locate this goddamn picture, but I'm going to show you this picture. Well, go ahead. You find the picture. Because I wanted to, to kind of um, add on to something that you said about, you know, the Democrats being good and the Republicans being bad. Now, we're both minorities. You know, we're both Puerto Rican. We got family from Puerto Rico, obviously. Now, do you remember growing up? And like that was the narrative that was pushed, you know, like, oh, you're a minority. You have to vote Democrat no matter what. Like they're for us. The Republicans are evil racist. And it's like the older you get, the more you deep dive into the whole thing with, you know, Democrats, Republicans, and just reading, you know, articles and kind of educating yourself, becoming more woke, as you know, you mentioned, as all the kids are saying now, it's the cool thing to say. Do you kind of see yourself coming out of that and kind of see yourself more aligning to the right and almost feeling like you've been lied to your whole life? <sighs> I've always felt that this world is corrupt, period. Look at, the, look at that. Look at that. Nah, I sent that to you. You guys see it. Why don't you describe what you're, what you're looking at right now really quickly? One of them looks mangled. It looks kind of like a UFC fighter. You're like cauliflower. The other one looks normal. It's holy shit. Like they really do look the form like two completely different ears. Look at the position. Look at the nose. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but the first one looks like Ric Flair. And the second one looks like Epstein. It really does. It looks like two completely different people. Now I understand that they say that he was beaten, and I know that they they claim that he had he had killed that he had hung himself. And we can go down the hole. And I'm tired of beating this dead horse with you know whether security guards were supposed to be watching him. Listen, the fact of the matter is, when you have a high profile billionaire in a federal prison here in New York State, there is no way. After the man just uh, allegedly tried to commit suicide, there is absolutely no way that they would pull him off of suicide. A uh, suicide watch. That is that is bullshit. Number one. Number two. Even if he wasn't on suicide watch, he is a billionaire, high-profile uh, prisoner that still had a chance of getting out because apparently he was going to appeal this. And yet they're not going to be watching this guy. They're not going to notice this guy putting a blanket around his neck and choking him out. His fucking uh, cellmate, who apparently they put him back in the cell with somebody else, was listening to his iPod or whatever the hell he was listening to, and he mm -hmm. didn't notice the guy hanging off of his bed. Are you kidding? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Now, uh, now I, I did read something as well. Like, I, apparently someone put a post out on maybe maybe it was Twitter or one of the other social networking websites where the guy said that he was there, uh, like maybe not there in general, but he was in that prison and that, you know, like, like police officers and guards would check every nine minutes. Yeah. They would check the cells. So why was he left alone so long? And how would you kill yourself in nine minutes? It just doesn't make any sense. None of that does. When when you're on on suicide watch, it's, it's it's if I'm correct, it's every nine or thirty minutes. Let's say every thirty minutes, somebody a guard has to come by. But you are under twenty four hour surveillance via CCTV, which is video camera. There, there's I, come on, come on. So so basically now. There's no way of covering this up. So now what's happening? You notice that the mainstream news now is like, well, there are some uh, discrepancies here where we think that uh, there is a possibility that uh, that Jeffrey Epstein may have been killed. No shit. Fucking <laughs> <Sherlock>. <laughs> no fucking shit. Now, what, what angers me is, OK, immediately people are pointing uh, fingers at Donald Trump for yeah. some reason. OK, now. May may is it a possibility that he may have had something to do with this? Because I have many thoughts on Donald Trump, and I wouldn't like I said, this is something that you could talk to Billy Ray Valentine because I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about this. But um, you know, do I think Donald Trump in the beginning wanted to make as stupid as crazy as he was? 
Do I think the guy really wanted to make genuine change? Yes. Do I think now he's playing ball? Absolutely. All right, because 2020 is right around the corner, man. You better start playing ball. Your backers are going to go another direction, you know? Like, he was put there for a reason, and he kind of went rogue for a little bit. And I think he's kind of getting reeled back in now so he can get reelected in 2020. But, oh, yeah, but I do want to move off of this whole topic because, just like you said, Billy Ray Valentine is the expert on this stuff. So we're definitely going to ask him. Um, but I but I want our audience to get to know Ray, and I want to get to know Ray a little bit more because I've been listening to him for a long time. Uh, look, look, look at that look. Look at that look on his face, man. Don't you just want to smack that face? Don't, don't you? <laughs> oh, my God. Let me stop you right there. Jennifer loves to smack me. Oh, oh boy. boy. During or after? Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. And I love getting smacked, but she goes, she smacks me across my face. She goes, why'd you do that for? She goes, because you're so fucking cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Take it. All right. So before you became big, Ray, you were little Ray, obviously, right? So... I want to ask you about growing up with, with with a father who was a professional wrestler. Did he travel a lot? Like, how big did he make it in wrestling? And was he always home? Like, this is something I've always wanted to know. We're talking to a son of a professional wrestler. So, how was it, man? Well, here's the thing. When my father wrestled, I only got to see him wrestle into my toddler years. My older brothers got to see him wrestle a lot more. Um, I did notice that my father wasn't home a lot during the weekends, like, like Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Uh, you know, my father also, yeah, he would travel with my uncle. My uncle was his tag team partner. My father was, uh, used to wrestle a lot in Puerto Rico and then he would come to the United States. Well, the United States, he would come here to, to, to the East coast. He would wrestle from New York down to Florida. Uh, he would wrestle some in Philly, Pittsburgh, so on and so forth. And my father would travel a lot and he was, he was more of a weekend weekend wrestler cause he also had a full-time job. Uh, he was working in the warehouse at Kmart, <laughs> but um, my father wrestled for this uh, promoter by the name of Valentino and Valentino used to uh, Valentino got rest his soul used to. He used to have a lot of Latino wrestlers, especially here in New York City, and then the guys from New York, he would send to Puerto Rico as well. Um, I think he sent some guys to Mexico uh, and it was it was crazy. It was crazy seeing my father come home and, and not understand why he would, you know, because he was so big and strong and why, not understand why he couldn't really walk as well at some times and, and why, you know, dad, let's go out and play. Let's go out and, ah, puppy, my, he would tell puppy, my, my back is hurting, my knee is hurting. I didn't really fully understand until I actually went to see him as a toddler, watch him wrestle. And back then, guys, you have to understand, you know, th these are, these are, uh, and by the way, you asked me how big my father got. He didn't. He never really got too big, but okay. he did. But he did. Um, he did train with guys that that became like he, him, and Johnny Rods, who's a WWE Hall of Famer. He trained with him. Uh, he worked with. He worked for, uh, for very briefly for Carlos Colon, and uh, he was El Leñador, which is the lumberjack. My father was a heel, and my father's a very interesting person, and. The, the the reason why my father is a hero to me, and I, I people will say, "Oh my God, God, another one of these motherfuckers that says a father." Yeah, my father's a hero to me because my father came from Puerto Rico, very poor. He was abandoned by my grandmother, who made things right down the line, but he was abandoned by my grandmother. And he was uh, basically living on the streets until he was adopted by this family. And when I say adopted, not legally adopted. But just they took him in in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, this African-American family took my father in and they lived in a farm. 
And uh, they raised my father on the farm in Lang City. My father came back. Uh, apparently, his mother, my grandmother, wanted to get back in the picture. And he came back to the Lower East Side, where he would become one of the warlords for one of the biggest gangs in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. They would call the Latin Gents. That was a prelude to uh, the Latin Kings. Uh, oh, they would they would they would uh, go up against guys like the bishops that were all. Uh, uh, and you can you would have to do your research to look up these names, but the bishops were an all black. Uh, Lower East Side gang, very big. The Bopin Barberinos, who were an Italian uh, gang, who were affiliated, who became later affiliated with the Latin gangs, with the with the Latin gangs. And my father came out of that. And I don't want to talk too long or, or too much on this, but oh no, please go ahead. This is very entertaining. Cool. But my my dad, check this out. My dad um, was a kick ass guy. He was a big guy. He used to. Uh, oh man, I don't know if I can say a lot of this, but he used to. Oof. Uh, he used to collect. All right, so Jesus. he used to collect money. Was he like the knee breaker guy with the baseball bat? Like, did he like collect the cash or what? Well, here's the deal. My father had three girlfriends at the same time, and one of them ended up being my mother. <laughs> and this is this is this is a fact. And my grandfather on my mother's side was a Puerto Rican man with blonde hair and and green eyes, blonde hair, green eyes, and he was very. Let's just say he had a lot of friends. Uh. In Little Italy, growing up, and uh, in, in, you know, in the Lower East Side, and my father, when he started dating my mother, got involved with that that world, collecting money for my grandfather and running numbers. Does that make sense? Oh, of course, it makes plenty of sense. Uh, I've watched quite a few movies in my life. Yeah, but this ain't a fucking movie. <laughs> no, exactly. Like this, no, this is the real deal, man. This is awesome. And um, let me just, uh, and I'll fast forward a little bit. My father was always a, you know, he was always a strong guy, always a tough guy. And uh, there was this guy by the name of Al Gavin. Again, God rest Al Gavin's soul. This guy, if you Google Al Gavin, he is a Hall of Fame boxing cut man and one of the finest trainers I ever had the pleasure of fighting under. And my father, my brother Ricky, uh, you know, we all fought under under Al. Uh, me for a shorter time, but but my brother Rick and my father both went pro. And my father was was basically taken in by Al, taken off the street, and my father became a professional fighter. I think I might have sent you some pictures of my dad or a picture or two of my dad in Madison Square Garden. If I didn't, yeah, I will send them to you. Hair. Did I send them to you or no? Oh, yeah. He had a beautiful head of hair. That's why I'm looking at you, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Well, this I'm bored by fucking choice. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm just screwing with you. <laughs> but, um, and, and I know so are you, right? Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Let me ask Nerdette. You've been very quiet. Let me ask you a question, Nerdette. Thank you. Do you like a bald nerd or a hairy nerd? I've never seen him with hair. Really? Yeah, we got together. Never. When we first got no, together. I, I no, had a little no. bit of hair. No, you did not. I had a little bit of hair. Yeah. What? A goatee? That's not. That doesn't count. <laughs> he is. He's always shaved his head. We've been together 14, 15 years. He's never had hair. Well, it's just easier to maintain. I wake up in the morning and I don't have to do shit. I get out the shower. I just run the 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 towel through my head once and I'm done. I get the hell out and I'm finish i don't have to and, be beautiful is it the same gimmick down below too yeah uh, some sometimes sometimes i mean it's a special occasion when she goes down on me oh no my god what well, the fuck is happening? speaking of that i gotta tell you something i can't wait to finish this podcast because as soon as we're done with this i'm gonna jump in the shower and i'm going to i'm going to suck on my woman so good oh my god <laughs> So wait, she's watching The Color Purple. I mean, that's not the kind of movie that gets someone in the mood to have fun afterwards. That's a very depressing movie. 
I'm pretty sure, like, I haven't seen that movie in years. I've never seen it. Isn't it like a like movie like you cry at the end or some shit? Like, I know Oprah Winfrey's in it and someone dies and Whoopi Goldberg's in it. Yeah, but but what better way to what what better way to bring her out of her funk? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let me let, let me get back to what the hell oh, yeah, I was telling please, you about. Please so, do, please do. so long story short, my father my father boxed and he was actually a contender. He was very good, but the problem was uh, back then in the fifties and in the in the very very early sixties, um, the mob was heavily involved. At that time, he had disassociated himself with that with that um, with that lifestyle, and. Um, there were a lot of fighters that were ducking my father. My father was kind of getting screwed. Uh, my father was set up to fight Chevalis. Uh I, I don't know if you know who this is. He was a he-, he was a light heavyweight contender, or he was a heavyweight. And his brother, I forgot his name, God damn it, but he was a light heavyweight. So my father fought, fought him, knocked him out, and ever and they had asked my father to basically not do that great against Chevalis. That makes any sense? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Back then, boxing was always rigged. They said take a fall, and yeah, oh yeah. You would take payoffs, and if you went against it, you get killed. Or Basically, beat. so my father, my father, unfortunately, had to stop boxing. But what he did was he started training fighters. And my father had a couple of kids that went to the Junior Olympics. Uh, he had a couple of kids that won the Golden Gloves. By the way, I fought in the Golden Gloves, and you know I, I didn't go that far. But my father won the. Sp- I won the Spanish Gloves when I was a kid. But my father and my brother Ricky were very, very good. But um. But my father started training fighters, and the same shit happened where my father started having fighters stolen from him by people that were offering them more money. And, and it, it sounds like a movie, but the fact is that's exactly the way that business is. It's a dirty, dirty fucking business, guys. And so my uncle was wrestling for Valentino, and my uncle's my uncle's the guy. I don't know if I sent you the picture. He's the guy in the mask. And he uh, was the high flyer of the group, and he needed that big bruiser. If you were wrestling fans... I guess you would say my father was the Jim Neidhart to my uncle's Brett the Hitman heart. And they ran the territories and they won titles, regional titles, and they did really well until my father decided to uh now I I, I know that you guys are not religious or whatever. And my father, I'll give him this, my father was never a religious man, but my father was what I called a true Christian, and this is the difference. See, my father left that lifestyle and he gave his and he gave his person his life to Christ. That's what he did. My father became a minister and then later a pastor of a church here in the Lower East Side. And through that minute and through that ministry, my father would develop other ministries. Uh, one of them, which were what was called the Broken Chains Ministry, where my father would go to some of the baddest prisons, and he would also go to South America and some of those prisons, and he would preach the gospel. He would help people, you know, find jobs. Or, or my, my father was just an amazing person. He would also, uh, you know, he had a great program where he would legitimately, with his own hands, help the homeless people here in the Lower East Side in New York City, up to the Bronx, into Brooklyn. And my father, you know, what I loved about my father? My father again wasn't religious. My father was a real Christian. And there's a big difference between crazy guys that want to pull you, nerd, off the side of the road and ask you if you love Jesus and somebody who, and somebody who actually shows you how Jesus is supposed to love you. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And, 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 and I'm sitting there smiling as you're saying that because I don't consider myself religious because I'm not, obviously. But I do like to do the right thing by people. And Nerdette and I have had this conversation off camera where we've always bought lottery tickets, you know, and we always talk about like, hey, if we win this, what are we going to do? And the first thing I always say is I want to do something for kids in the neighborhood. We live in Myrtle Beach. I want to build like a community center, swimming pool, something to get kids off the street and do something. Because there's too many kids in our neighborhood that run around. They like 
like 12 o'clock midnight. They cause yeah. trouble. They ring doorbells. They break windows and shit. They break in the cars. And it's like, give them an outlet. Give them somewhere to expunge their energy. And that's always the first thing. It's not buy a car, buy a house. So I consider us good people. It's just we're not religious. And I don't think you have to be religious to be a good person. And I don't think you're a bad person if you don't have religion. So if that makes sense, you know. It makes total sense. And the fact is that anyone who's not religious, anyone who is, let's say you have you have a person right now that's listening that is a Christian, okay, or, or a Catholic or Muslim. It, you know, the thing is that, you know, you can be a good person. There are a lot of, let me put it this way. There are a lot of religious people that, in my humble opinion, have a special place in hell. Does that make sense to you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Joel Osteen's one of them. Oh, I, let, me t- oh let me tell you something. <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter. I cannot stand that man. And, and you know why? You know, my father, again, my father. Now, the church that my father was a pastor for, and he later retired, and even in his retirement, my father was walking around. He, he needed to help people. My father would go to the hospitals and just visit old people and visit sick people and sing a, sing a song to them or read a passage from the Bible or just sit with them and listen to them. And my father was just such a good man. And, 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 and he was a tough son of a bitch, too. And the reason why the prisoners, when he used to go to preach to the prisoners, the reason why the prisoners would listen to my father was because my father was there. Because what I left out was... That when my father was a gang member here in New York City, my father did time. My father was put away, let's just say, for almost two years for, uh, let's just say, weapons possession. Okay. And my father took uh, took the, he took, um, let's just say, he took the heat for somebody that was at a higher, it's, it's almost like fucking, you ever seen Goodfellas? Oh, hell yeah. Who has where, it? Where this kid had to get pinched and he took the heat for it. Oh, yeah. My father paid his dues. He did it, went to prison, lived that life, you know, and and listen, guys, it wasn't easy for us because my father was the only one working. And, uh, you know, he still found I just. I, I don't want to get emotional. How'd your mom make ends meet? I don't know. And I got to tell you guys something, man. Um, there was never a Christmas. That I didn't get what I asked for. And, and sometimes I look back on it. And I, and I wish I could kick myself in the ass. Because if I understood the value of a dollar. This is why my son understands the value of a dollar now. I, I would have asked for a hell of a lot less. Because my mother and father gave me everything. And I have no idea how they did it. My mother used to babysit on the side to make ends meet. And I'm over here asking for a fucking $89 uh, in 1988 Mario Brothers 3 game. Are you kidding me? Well, that's the problem with hindsight as well. I mean, I, like, I remember my mom was a single mom, too, because my dad and her, they had separation when I was a lot younger. And uh, I remember asking my mom for all this and that and the other thing. And my and I was the mistake of the family, you know, like my siblings, the youngest siblings. Yes, would, would you stop saying that? You say that every time. <laughs> I mean, like my like my youngest sister's thirteen years older than me, so I guess I kind of was a mistake. But the thing is, is like whenever Christmas came around, I always wanted everything. You know, I wanted you know like the Sega Genesis, the this game, that game, and, and if I didn't get something, I'd be upset. But now, in hindsight, I'm like, you know, she was a single mom. She worked a job that paid her ten bucks an hour. She worked overnight, third shift, forty, fifty hours a week, and now I appreciate her more now than I ever did before. So it's like it's I, like don't blame yourself basically because you were a kid, you didn't understand. But now you do, and you look back, and it's like something that I hope our kids. These kids understand. ask for expensive shit every year, and they get it. I know every time. So we're not teaching them shit. 
Yeah, right yeah, now. So, so, so does suck. mine. But the thing is that that I'm at a I'm in a position right now. We're gonna talk. You will say you wanted to talk about my whole job uh, situation later, but oh yeah. Um, yeah, we're definitely gonna hit that because that also brings a, a, a nice light over Hami Media because they came together, and we'll talk about that later. But yeah. No, but that I mean that's basically it, man. Like I look back at my dad, and you know it's cool, man, to 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 look back and say, you know, my father, like I loved wrestling, guys. Like my father took me to my first wrestling match, I believe it was, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this up, but it was Madison Square Garden, if I'm correct, uh, in October 1985. I saw I was stand I was watching, you know, I saw Andre the Giant, Macho Man, Randy Savage, ooh yeah, dig it, Tito <laughs> Santana. I saw uh, uh, like the the, and I remember the main event was the British Bulldogs, if I'm correct, against Greg Valentine and Bruce Beefcake. If I'm if I'm right, but there was a segment that made me fall in love with wrestling. And we're going to talk about wrestling because wrestling has a big part of my connection with my father and what I'm doing now and what, what we're doing all now together. And um, my father took me to MSG and I saw this man being interviewed by this other man. And this, this, the guy doing the interview was loud. He was boisterous. He was smart and quick-witted and nasty. And he was wearing a skirt or a kilt. His name was his name was Rowdy Roddy Piper, and he was, and he was interviewing this old man, this big, beefy-looking, ugly, balding a little bit, wearing a terrible sweater, but an Italian, a guy with a very thick accent. And I said, "Dad, who is that man that this guy is talking to?" And my father turned to me and said, "Papi," he used to call me Papi. He says, "Papi, that man is the Muhammad Ali of professional wrestling. That is Bruno San Martino," and. Roddy Roddy Piper proceeded to beat the living shit out of Bruno and hit him with a steel chair. And I thought that was the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And again, you have to understand. You got to understand. I've seen my dad. I had seen my dad wrestle, but I never kind of put two and two together. I never saw my father wrestle in front of 10,000 people in Madison Square Garden. This was different. This was a show. This was amazing. And this totally captivated me. And my father said, after we almost got hit with a beer bottle and after, you know, we were catching contact from people smoking marijuana in the fucking top section of Madison Square Garden, my father said, my, he goes, puppy, I will never bring you here again, but just because of this experience, I'll get you cable. You can watch all the fucking wrestling you want. And uh, <laughs> that's how I fell in love with it, man. Seriously. Well, my my first wrestling experience, when my dad, I used to go to his house with Scotts Plains, New Jersey. I used to go to his house on the weekends, and uh, we were watching wrestling, and I remember watching The Ultimate Warrior. He was my favorite guy growing up when I was like a kid, you know, like before I knew what wrestling was. Of course. I'm like, I'm like, man, he's fucking badass. The song was badass. I was a big rock and roll fan back in the day, and the dan, dan, dan. He'd come running down the aisle and the face paint, and then my dad was like, I'm going to take you to this show. It's coming to the area, and he's like, circle on the calendar. I circle on the calendar. It's going to be an MSG. We can take the train right up there. Ready to go. You know, I had a sign made and everything. I go to my dad's house on the weekend and I go there and I'm like ready to go. I got my sign and he's like, yeah, we're not going. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I was crushed at that point. So I stopped watching wrestling for a few years. Fast forward like two or three years later, there was a match uh, on TV and that match I'll never forget. I was watching with my mom and it was Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental title. Ooh. And it was the match where I think... um. The British Bulldog got whipped into the corner. The top turnbuckle was exposed. He he hurt his back. He tried to uh, superplex Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels landed on top. One, two, three. Shawn Michaels is the champion. To this day, after that match, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time, man. The greatest, the GOAT. 
You, you know, got great. his tattoo on on your arm. Yeah, I actually have a Shawn Michaels tattoo, and I'll and I'll send you that picture later. I actually have a Shawn Michaels inspired tattoo because I did a little bit of wrestling. I I I got to a very small level of it. I actually wrestled against Jay Lethal in the backyard before he became big, and I was telling Jargo that story. I was gonna I was gonna ask you because I was trained. See, my brothers. All right, so funny story. And I have a ton of stories. We get to we get to a three hour fucking podcast, but I'm not gonna do. But, I only do nine. <laughs> but my father, my father actually trained my brothers just in case we kind of really wanted to get in the business. But you know, he trained. You know, he like I said, Al Gavin was my trainer. Uh, his son took over when I get when I got a little older. But uh, my father was basically our trainer. Uh, boxing. A uh, cool thing about my dad, he was actually a very good judo player, and he was he was my father was legit. He was a black belt in judo, and um, my dad. Uh, tough son of a bitch uh my dad again would teach us judo he taught us boxing he taught us pro wrestling and technically if you looked at my dad my dad was an original mma guy which i love mma and you Hell yeah. and you're telling now i know i never got to work in front of a big crowd or anything like that I never really got to work in front of anybody but but have you ever i heard you talking about this now i heard you were trained as well were you also trained because you, you were talking about watching the pay-per-view with the nerd ed and you were saying that you can kind of pick out the mistakes and and the the kind of fuck-ups during these matches during the SummerSlam uh uh review you guys were doing right yeah uh well there was a thing in jersey all pro wrestling where okay. and uh and jay lethal and i actually backyard wrestled a couple of times together cool and my friends hooked up with him and there was this thing where they did like a tough enough competition and we went to bayonne and there was this tough enough thing and we all showed up there we're like hey jay what's up and and there was a tag team called the hit squad and they were the trainers and uh we went there we were running the ropes doing all that bullshit you know and uh i was sitting there smoking a cigarette afterwards and one of the hit squad guys lit me up in the ring with uh, chops because he's like don't do that you're disrespecting everybody and Jay Lethal won that along with some other kid. I can't remember what the hell his name was, but he won. And afterwards, you know, Jay Lethal kind of gave word of mouth and we were able to go as well as a couple of friends of mine and we were getting free training. And then we got put on a couple of shows in Jersey All Pro, you know, like we were like the job guys. But it was pretty cool, though, man, like just to be a part of the show. And it was just fun. And afterwards, you know, you go out and hang out with some of the guys like we hung out with Teddy Hart. who was a freaking ah. blast. Yeah, a, a hold, real hold on. You got yeah. I was about to say that he is a fucking that guy's, he's fucked up. Yeah, like we hung out with him after a show once, and like I was in the opening match, and of course I lost. And afterwards, he's like, "Hey man," he's like, "You're the cleanup guy, right?" Or like, like no, no, you know. And he's like, "Well, afterwards, you know, like we're gonna do some cocaine out in the limousine, and Sabu's out there, and Sabu was even booked on this show. He was never there." And he's like, "Yeah, if you guys go out there, there's a limo and all these, and we're like marks at the time, you know, we're just like brand new to the business and whatnot." Right. We went out there. We weren't allowed back in. He basically trapped us to go outside, and the guys wouldn't let us back in because he didn't know who the fuck we were. So we're just like these guys out there going out and wrestling and just getting beaten like 30 seconds. And he's like, all right, go outside. We left, and that was it. He's a real piece of shit, man. That Teddy Hart's a real fucking dick. I can't stand Teddy Hart. Um, (laughs) Very talented, though. I mean, very talented. The The guy's a really good wrestler, but... Not a nice person, and I couldn't give a fuck if he if he if he knew it or not because I have a very good friend Audrey Corbeil that's very close with that family, and you know, <laughs> the funny thing is like, all right, so let me put it this way, and now I'm not to listen. There's I, and for, for everyone out there, there's always somebody that can kick your ass. Just remember that, okay? But a lot of people, I've dealt with a lot of people that are keyboard warriors, and then they've met me in real life, and they're like, oh shit, like. 
you're a fucking big dude. And I'm like, yeah, and I will kick your ass. <laughs> you know, course. but I, I'm a nice guy, though. Like, you know, the other day in my job, you want to hear a really funny, quick story? Hey, Nerdette, you want to hear a story? Sure. So the other day in my job, right? So so my real job, I'm a doorman here in New York City, but I also um, am training to become a, a building super. So, I, so I'm getting my certifications in, as a handyman here in New York City. So um, I'm wearing my handyman outfit or my, my you know, my uniform. And this dude comes up to the door, right? And uh, it's a big black dude, you know, bald head. And he's, I don't know, I guess he had a couple, it was a Friday night. And he's asking me these questions. And I'm like you, nerd. Like, all right, you can talk to me or whatever, but just let me fucking do my job. Let me just, just leave me alone. You know, I'm just there to, to earn a paycheck and go home and just let, am I wrong? No, hell no. Of course okay. not, man. I fucking love this shit. So, so the guy is fucking talking shit to me. And just, just going off, and he starts poking me, like physically touching me. Oh, and I, oh hell no, man. You only get one of those. And I told the guy, I told the guy, like, stop. I said, listen, what do you need? Do you need help? Is there anything I could do for you? Because I don't like you touching me. He goes, oh, you don't like me touching me? He slapped me in the stomach. Oh, man. And I let that go. I let <laughs> that go. God on high. Yo, this is what I'm going to do, nerd. I'm going to take, because we have the CC surveillance. Um, I'm gonna try to k- copy that that video on my phone, like take a v- video of the video on the screen, so you can see what I did to this guy. Hey, wait! Before you go any further, I have something for you too. Now I work in retail, right? Please and don't. this is a real. Oh, come on, Please he has don't. to hear the story. All right, you're such an ass. So I work in retail, and this woman comes in the store with a baby, and she doesn't buckle her baby into the baby seat. Oh. She picks the baby seat up and flips it upside down, and the baby falls on its head. But nice. the baby was okay, so it's okay to laugh at this. That's and I will funny. trade you videos. Nothing wrong videos. with that. Nothing oh wrong. Oh my god, there's and something it, wrong with both of you. I gotta <laughs> tell you something. I, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times. There's sometimes that, that I just sit in the train here in New York City and I just want to punch a Mexican baby in the face, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this video, and I'm gonna pass it back to you after this, is affectionately titled "Dropped Baby," and we will oh. trade later. So okay, we'll do that. And by the way, I've worked retail too in the past. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I worked at the Gap, I worked at Marshalls, I worked at Old Navy. I did retail. I was actually the, uh, <laughs> you man, I, this is so much shit I've done. Oh my god, I was uh, uh, the loss prevention guy, which uh, which eventually turned into I uh, was a private investigator for about eight years. I don't know if I told you the guys oh that. God, man, like we can do another fucking podcast on private investigating. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back on with you guys because because you need to. That shit, that dude. I did insurance fraud investigations and infidelity cases. Um, that I work for a company. I work for a company. I'm not going to say the name of the company, but I'll just say it's uh, R and Associates. I'll leave it like that, and I'll tell you guys off air what the name of it is. And uh, they're in uh, they're in Long Island. I'm not going to say specifically where it is. And that led to me doing bodyguard work for them. So I did that for some time. But anyway. So I'm standing at this fucking door, guys. Right? <laughs> and this fucking guy. So now he's poked me a couple of times. You know, a couple of times his spit probably landed somewhere oh, around my forehead. Oh, boy. Oh, and, man. And then, you know, this fucking guy gives me... Uh, uh, nerd, you know what an open hand slap is, right? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Those, those sting. Right here. Chap, a chop to the chest for no fucking reason. So... I don't know what the fuck he was thinking, but he went to to reach for me somehow. And the minute 
the minute he fucking I wish I wish we were on 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 a uh, Twitch so people could see what the fuck I'm doing. But the minute he reached for me, I took my hand and I grabbed his stupid stupid dirty wrist and I cuffed I cuffed the inside of his arm here. And I came over and I just gave him a sweet throw. Like like just like dad taught me. And that motherfucker flew a good 4 feet into <laughs> into into metal scaffolding. <clears throat> Oh boy! Oh, that's awesome. God, he got up. He got up, and I stood over him. I stood over him, ready. And I said, and I said, if you come by me, I swear to God and your mother, I am gonna break you into pieces. Walk away. The guy, the guy started walking. I said, I swear to God, I'm having a bad fucking day. Walk away. And the guy just started. He was walking away. He was cursing. Yeah, go Guam, suck your mother, and all this fucking shit in, in this Jamaican dialect. And I said, yo, dude, talk all you want. As long as you fucking say it up the block, I don't give a fuck. And that was my day. And this is what happens. Did he say bumba clot? Oh, yeah, he did. Bumba clot, blood clot, this and blood clot, <laughs> that. Guam, suck your mother, all this crazy shit. And, um, on. <laughs> you know, people, like I said, I'm a nice guy. And I think you and I, nerd, are very similar. I think so too, man. I think I think this is why we get along because I have a dual personality. I will legitimately give you the shirt off my back if I can, man. Seriously, I will. God knows my heart. I, I would, I would, I, like, I love, I love humans. I love animals. I love animals, by the way. But um, I love your fucking animals. I don't love my animals. <laughs> we have dog. Hey, I just sent you a video. I want you to check it out. I want you to check this out right now because holy it is, shit, that that is a that is a big penis. Oh my god, <laughs> it's not mine. Oh, whose is it? <laughs> but while you're watching that video, <laughs> look at this. Look at this reaction. I love it. I fucking love this. So yeah, look at see, look, <laughs> that's not okay, man. This is the video of drop the baby. It's amazing. It's not okay. You, he sent me this immediately after it happened, laughing his ass off. I'm like horrified. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a question, Nerdette. Um, so you know, you're a mom, right? Yes, I was horrified. So after you've dropped your kids, right? Like kissing them and holding them, that makes that makes the concussion go away. Listen, listen. <laughs> let me tell you my side of the story. He he calls me and he's like, I'm about to send you a video. It's so freaking funny, blah, blah, blah. He sends me this video, and I said, please tell me that she left the store, and she brought the kid to a hospital. Nope. Still sitting there, getting done whatever she's got to get done, with the baby crying and puking. The baby puked all over the place. It had fucking... Like, this, I mean, this is how Ted Bundy was created. He was dropped on his head. Seriously, I can't. I can't This baby's like a future Chris Benoit. That gotta, hurt to watch? Ugh. So check this out. I'm going to send this video to my friend Mike Cause if that's okay. He's a wrestling promoter in California. Oh, please do it. Send and, it. And he is um he sends me uh <laughs> he continues to send me videos of these very beautiful women with big breasts and all of a sudden they turn around and have bigger cocks than I do. Uh, he, <laughs> he finds that to be to be very humorous and funny. Uh, you know, someone tried to trap me with one of those at work one day. He's like, hey, isn't this girl hot? And he kept saying, isn't this girl hot? Isn't this girl hot? I'm like, no, dude, it's a fucking dude. And he goes, well, how, well, how do you know? Because you're trying to fucking trap me into saying, yeah, this girl's hot. And then they turn around and they got a pair of balls. Just ask him, is that your mother? <laughs> well, goddamn, man, time's flying right now. So I do want to get into cer certain things I wanted to talk to you about, Ray. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So Bill After. Now, I've been reading his shit, and he was the first person I ever had respect for as far as a writer goes. Because I remember the After Mags when I was a kid, and this is like when the lines started getting blurred for me because I started reading After Mag, and I'm like, all right, so there's backstage stuff. How do they know backstage stuff? So how did you get hooked up with Bill After? And like, like you guys are really close. Like, like how did this start? He's a fucking cool dude, man. I used to like listening to his podcast. He is, he is, uh, and I'm not underselling. He's a legend in in the wrestling business. He's also a legend in the the boxing business. Oh yeah. Uh, so Bill After, if you guys don't know, he was the editor in chief of a, a very famous wrestling magazine called uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. He was so synonymous with this magazine. They used to call those magazines the After Mags. And uh, so his his what happened when my father passed away. In 2010, uh, that left a horrible void in my life. I was, I had become depressed, guys, and um, it was, it was, it sucked, dude. Like I was, I was really down when my father passed. And by the way, my father, the way he passed away, <coughs> it really sucked. I mean, I had worked the overnight shift. I was living in the Bronx at the time. I stayed. I guess it was a blessing in disguise because I got to spend the last hours of his life with him. But uh. Long story short, I worked the overnight shift. I woke up to go back to work the overnight shift, and I got to spend a lot of time with my dad that day. And my father was very, like, always very loving and affectionate, a tough guy, but just a good father, man. And I remember the last thing I said, I said, Pops, you know, I love you, Dad. I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, I drove to work, and like 40 minutes later, I got a phone call from my sister in law. And uh, I guess my, bro- my brothers couldn't even fucking talk to me. And they said, You need to come back home. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, your dad's sick, they told me at first. You need to come back home. And between the time that I left the house and my mom came back from church because she went to, to, to evening service, uh, it was about a 15-minute span. My father fell asleep, had, had uh, some type of cardiac arrest, and he passed away in his sleep, and he, he left me. Oh, God. And um, <sighs> that really fucking sucked. And it's still, it's still, for some reason, I'm very angry about it to this day because he, he was, you know, when, you know, when somebody's just so fucking good and, yeah. uh, anyway, so I was, I was fucking depressed guys. And I, I said, you know, one of the common bonds that me and my father had was boxing and wrestling. And later in life, more wrestling, because my father was getting sick and tired of all the politics and bullshit of, of, of boxing. You know, my father used to make a joke saying that he used to go, you know, man, if if if, if I wanted to watch this, if I wanted to watch wrestling, I just tune in the WWF because, you know, the, the, the matches became like they were all fucking fixed by the time me and my dad were, were watching them in the you know, late 90s. I mean, the late, late uh, 1990s and the 2000s. These matches suck, these boxing matches. And um, anyway. Long story short, I reached out to uh, Bill Apter because I started doing little videos on YouTube, nothing big. And I said, I said, Mr. Apter, because I remember seeing him doing on a video. He was interviewing. I forgot who the fuck he was interviewing. Was it Honky Tonk Man or somebody? He's done so many. So forget about it. This guy's this guy. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick funny story about Bill Apter after I'm done with this, and it'll take a second. But uh, but Bill Apter basically, uh, I sent up a video of me giving my top five. Favorite wrestlers who never won the WWE championship. And uh, from that moment, you know, he said, hey, would you mind contributing to OneWrestling.com and the YouTube? 
and it was cool, man. I started doing weekly videos, and I and I started covering WWE. Uh, I started covering Monday Night Raw, covering Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and then uh, after a while, I said, "Bill, I said this is boring. This is too easy. I want a challenge. Can I cover TNA?" <laughs> That's a real challenge right there, man. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh. He goes, nobody really watches Ray. He goes, he goes, but you think you can make it in, in popular? And I said, Bill, I said, if you let me take over the YouTube channel, just you do your videos. I said, I'm going to make a team of guys that are so fucking entertaining that people are going to have to fucking tune into one wrestling video. And I feel like I did. I created this uh, plat- this, this uh, group of guys called Big Slam Nation. And uh, it sounds like a porn. It, it well. I gotta tell you something. <laughs> we can talk about that too, baby. <laughs> I don't know if Nerd Nerdette wants wants to kind of uh, put the earmuffs on. Oh no, no, oh, no. Her earmuffs are off. She's she, she's all ready for this. She's down. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later today. But listen, um, I established this uh this it's so funny. Billy Ray Valentine uh reached out to me via Twitter. Now, me and Billy Ray Valentine were friends for about twenty years and we had lost contact we had been friends i think we hadn't been in contact for almost eight years and he tuned into one of my interviews or something like that i was doing and he created a twitter just to contact me and i'm not going to take total credit for billy Ray valentine but he'll give me the credit for getting him started in this whole podcast thing i bought him in to do stuff for onewrestling.com and then uh i bought in this guy me and this guy named andre corbeal uh, if you can google him he's he's doing some great things in canada and uh, we so we had this great show called the Can Am Wrestling Show, and that had an awesome following. And then we would do raw reviews, and we brought in we brought in my friend the professor who who works for Hami Media, Atrack Brown, who established who is one of the founders of the PW Hustle brand. And we just had all these really cool, fucking awesome people along with Bill Laughter. And uh, and I was able to establish and and just I turned that working relationship into. A, like a like a friendship with Bill, he became like a dad, you know. And um, damn, I'm going to drag this down. But there was this one guy, guys. Um, his name was Bill Skyler. Okay. And uh, he was also a wrestler. And uh, but you know, he had left the business. He became a corrections officer. And I love this guy. Um, at the end of every show, I do this. I, I do this little gimmick at the end. When I say gimmick, guys, I mean something that, like a tagline or something that you know. Sure, sure, sure. For the, the non wrestling people that have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, gimmick. <clears throat> but uh, Bill Schuyler used to end every video for us or every audio thing for us. He used to say, "I'll see you down the road." And we became like the reason I'm talking about Bill Schuyler, and I'm all over the place, but. Our audience is used to it. Don't worry. Well, I, that's cool, and I appreciate your audience. <laughs> We're all over the place. By the way, it's one of the things I love about your podcast is that's not just one fucking thing all the time. You know, you guys are all over the place, which is fun for me. I appreciate that, brother. No, but it's true, man. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, Bill Schuyler, he was he has such a passion for the business, and uh, with Bill Schuyler, <clears throat> I started this show called One Wrestling Goes Old School. And we was focusing on a lot of the old school wrestling, and, and we would review old pay-per-view, so on and so forth. And guys, <clears throat> a couple of years into this, just before me and Ben, because me and Ben had started working. We'll get into that. 
because that's a real fucking good story. Oh, uh, that is circled on my list of questions right okay. there. You and Ben Hameen. But as me and Ben were at the time working for WrestleZone, fucking Bill Schuyler got a heart attack and died. And uh, I fucking loved that guy. Like, we, I remember the first time. It's funny because we were friends. Check this out, guys. We were friends on YouTube. We were friends on Skype. We had worked together for over a year and a half, almost two years, and never met each other. And then finally, one day, we all got together in Bill Apter's basement. And I'll send you the video. It's, it's, on, it's on YouTube. And that was, uh, that, was the last, that was the last time I physically saw Bill Schuyler. Shit. Um, we kept doing videos from that point, and we, we planned to get back together. And uh, his daughter called me while I was at a funeral. Oh, Jesus Christ. God. And um, she says, Ray, I know you've been texting my dad. I need to tell you something. And uh, yeah. So there's a show on the Hami Media Network that's called The Pro Wrestling Reflection. Very good show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have the professor who used to do the show with Bill Schuyler a lot. Uh, I have him. He is the like he's the guy that I put in charge of that show. I produced that show, and um, man, that that show is my thank you, my I love you, my thank you for everything to my brother Bill Schuyler. And I have to thank Bill After because uh, through Bill After, I was able to establish a good rapport. With uh, people in the world, the crazy world of professional wrestling, who, to be honest with you guys, if you guys know anything about this business, they don't let just anyone in. They don't just talk to anyone. They don't just, you know, but they have an utmost respect to Bill After because Bill After keeps kayfabe. That's true. That's true. He's one of the only ones out there, no matter how many years and how many people's names in his Rolodex. I mean, he will never let out a secret. He's not like these guys out there like a. Dave Meltzer, I mean, I'm sure Bill Lather could, if he wanted to, he can make just as much, if not more money than these guys selling information, but he doesn't do it because he respects the business that much. Easy. And this is the thing I respect about Bill. And the thing, the thing I love about Bill, Bill is, yeah, Bill Bill could easily. And, and let me tell you something. A lot of the information that I get, that I put over, a lot of the information that I talk about, when I, when I talk about, hey, I heard about this, I'm not going to say Bill Lather tells me but maybe he does if you know what i mean and i'll say 99 percent of that shit is right and i will never give up my sources but again through bill after i was able to establish a respect a rapport and a uh a good relationship with a lot of people in that industry and and yeah man we can talk about if you want you know what happened uh over at wrestle zone but um that was my next spot but nerdette yeah, I keep having to drag you in because I'm talking so much. <laughs> you're, you're good. I'm listening. Well, that's what Jen tells me too, but I don't want to hear that from you. Oh Jesus! <laughs> well, ask him about WrestleZone.com because that's where I was going to go next. So it'd be like, like, how did you get linked up with WrestleZone? Because WrestleZone.com was my website that I used to go to all the time to get all my news, and and that's where oh, I see? discovered. I don't know that. Well, that's where I discovered, you know, Big Ray and Ben Hameen. Those guys were excellent back then. How did you guys get linked up with them? <sighs> it's a funny story. 
because Ben Ben Hameen, uh had been doing he had done uh, not stand up uh, improv in Chicago. And that's how we got to know uh, Nick Hausman. And Nick Hausman had wanted to establish or had wanted to build some type of uh, wrestling platform or work with a very established wrestling platform. <clears throat> he tried establishing uh, relationships with Belaptor and everybody else, but he found his niche with WrestleZone, right? So now this is the funny thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. So one, oh, I hear I hear that buzzing. What, what, what's yeah, the microphone? That's him. Oh, that, that is him. <laughs> that, that was me by accident. Now, so what no, was that? No vibrator this time. That that was all him. Was that the vibrator? <laughs> was that the rabbit? <laughs> all right, there we go. It should be done. See, there you go. So now so we know. Now we know definitely that it's the is goddamn the iPad. I was looking at the iPad for a minute. Okay, that's there. what it was, guys. <laughs> well, I was looking at that link you sent. Which one? The 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 Blondie Fesser one. <laughs> oh, Blondie Fesser, man, and I have reached out to Heather Hunter, and there is a positive reply. So, are you fucking? Hold on, stop. Let's stop everything. <laughs> His favorite porn star, Heather Hunter. Are you serious? Yeah, I sent out a little feeler, and I was like, "Hey, I interviewed Sarah J, and I interviewed Blondie Fesser, and she said, that's cool." And I was like, "Would you want to be on the show?" And she checked it. Hasn't replied yet, but that means yes, more than likely. And my experiences with reaching out the adult film stars so if that happens you better clear your calendar man because you're coming on let me tell you something heather hunter and i want you guys to google her right now is, <laughs> the, is the reason why i like my ladies uh how can i put this uh you know light skin with thick curly hair um certain look on their mouth a certain look in their eyes i, I can't explain it but but she's the the first like crush I've ever had, you know. And uh, Heather Hunter was like my, yeah, she was like my fantasy when I was a kid, man. So that's pretty awesome, dude. If you guys can have her on, I just want two minutes with her. That's so I could last probably anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's hear about that WrestleZone, man. Because like, because like you and Nick Hausman have a history. You and WrestleZone, and and that's kind of the birth of Hami Media was like you guys leaving WrestleZone and starting your own little thing on the side. So what exactly happened there? Because you guys had a really good thing going. I used to subscribe to the podcast, and all of a sudden it just ended. And I was like, wait, where the hell are these guys I used to like listening to go? Where'd they go? Everything I say here is fact. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that out. Because nobody, nobody can sue me because what I, everything I'm saying right now is 100% true. And Nick Hausman can suck my balls if he says it's not. That's number and, one. And mine, too. Yeah, yours, too. Yours, and yours, yours are... Yours are probably very smooth and, and pretty. So <laughs> they are pretty, but they're not smooth. <laughs> well, are those are the ones you sent me earlier. Yes, sir. Oh my god! Cool. that don't worry. I'm not into him much. Anyway, listen. <laughs> listen, he's into you, so you of know course. you got to do what you got to do. Oh, of course, hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> Is that a fact? Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's a fact. Let's do it, man. Oh man! All right, we'll talk <laughs> after this. Anyway, so um, so. Damn, you got me all flustered. All <laughs> so this I'm is all, the birth of Hami Media right here. We're about to hear how this whole thing started, baby. I'm all hot and bothered. Um, <laughs> Need that towel to wipe your head. So, oh yeah, let me. Which what, hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I talk like this with Jen all the time, so I hope you guys are cool with this. 
No, oh, that's fine. This is how we live our lives, man. See, I, do you exactly hear the way he talks to me? I know, and I do the same thing. Like, sometimes we could be in church, and I'm like, honey, I'm going to fuck your asshole. And she's oh like, what? God. <laughs> she's like, what? Stop. <laughs> like, stop. She goes like this. She's like, she's like, stop. But, like, anyway, you guys can't see what I'm doing. So, one day, so Bill Lapter was doing a segment on WrestleZone. I forgot what the hell the segment was called. Oh, uh, it was just a segment where he was covering news. And Bill Apter started, uh, he had just written his book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken, which you can get right now, cheap plug, on Amazon. Um, it's an amazing book. And if you guys don't know the history of Bill Apter, please Google him. This guy is, like I said, a historic figure. But anyway, so Bill Apter asked me to do him a favor. He said, Ray, can you please fill in for me today? I said, sure. <clears throat> I said, where? He goes, well, there's this guy, Nick Hausman, and he has a show on WrestleZone. I said, oh, WrestleZone. I said, yeah, I go there. So, you know, it's, it's cool. I get some news there. And he says, um, just represent One Wrestling. Because I was, at the time, again, I was working at OneWrestling.com. And he goes, uh, <clears throat> fill in for me. Well, it went from me filling in to a weekly gimmick with, with Nick Hausman. And I was fucking doing this shit every single week. And, and, and the fans that were on the network... Uh, seem to like me. I don't know why, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> that that is true. No, absolutely. Oh my god, that is not nice. <laughs> no, it's, he's a good guy. Talking about myself, but it's true. <laughs> and um, so what happened was, I remember we had done a thing with me, and Ben had jumped on Ben Hameen. I didn't know who the fuck Ben Hameen was, and we had such good chemistry. And this was with Nick Hausman. He was on. And I, I hit up Nick on a private message. And I said, Nick, let me give you a call. I called him. I said, Nick, can I ask you a question? He says, what's up? I says, now check this out. This is funny, guys, because everything comes full circle. <clears throat> I said, is anybody covering TNA? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nick Hausman says, nobody fucking watches TNA. <laughs> there it is. He says, nobody gives a fuck about TNA, Ray. He goes, why would you want to do that? I said, listen. There's this character right now on TNA Wrestling. He used to wrestle for WWE. The guy, is, his name is Matt Hardy. And he's doing this whole gimmick where he's broken. I said, I have a feeling, Nick, that this is going to be popular. Nick, Nick turned to me, well, on the phone, I guess the equivalent of turning to me. Like, I could tell he put the phone down like, this guy's a fucking idiot. He goes, fine, Ray. What do you want to do? I said, well, you have the uh, the Monday Rebellion or the, the Raw Rebellion. You have the SmackDown Rebellion. How about the Impact Rebellion? He goes, well, who's your co-host? You know, the, I said, I want to work with that guy, the, the Arab wrestler. He goes, you know he's a white dude, right? I'm like, yeah, whatever. That guy. <laughs> ben. And, dude, uh, we started doing the Impact Rebellion for the WrestleZone Network. But here's the fucked up thing, guys. So Nick Hausman at the time wanted to take now now we started establishing a good rapport with the fans uh you guys know me and ben were doing a lot of work i don't know if you guys know me and ben were doing a lot of work behind the scenes and i had a i on a personal level and ben i can i can talk to for ben had a big creative uh we had a big uh we, we did a lot of shit creatively back then russell zone that helped russell zone get to i think in my humble opinion to one of uh it became at the top it was like one of the top places to go for for a daily podcast by the way the whole daily podcast shit was more or less me and ben's idea 
And um, because Nick didn't want to do that. And um, whatever. So Nick Hausman had I'm going to make this real short and sweet. So Nick Hausman got a bit of a power trip. Uh, He started stealing. And I'll say it, Nick Hausman, you stole a bunch of our ideas. Okay, and um, he wanted he made us sign these uh, this paperwork that didn't mean shit. It was the same. It's the same paper that you could probably wipe your ass with, uh, <laughs> stating that we would get paid for our services, which I'm still waiting for a check, by the way. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, he wanted us to. Uh, we wanted to. He wanted to put WrestleZone behind a paywall. Are you taking a leak right here, live on the radio? No, I'm actually making a drink right now. I'm pouring another Coke and rum drink, my friend. So to make a long story short, guys. I told I called Ben one day, right? And Ben 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 will will I think he'll attest no, he will attest to this. And I said, Ben, listen, man. We need to leave Russell's own. And we need to do this shit on our own. It was just me and Ben. There was nobody else. He's like, What are you kidding me? Are you he goes, No, Ben was more like, you know, we should stay with them because they have name recognition. I said, Ben, you are the name recognition. We can yeah. build on your name we can establish friendships we can establish relationships we can establish a platform we started off Hami Media with I think two shows or one show and that show was the Impact Attack and from there Ben reached out to Stevie Richards full circle and Stevie reached out to Big Sal Big Sal reached out to Greek God Papa Don we got the Conspiracy Horseman and then I called my boy Billy Ray Valentine, the guys that I reached out to originally at OneWrestling.com. <clears throat> I said, come over, guys. And then I, 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 I scoured the internet. And I said, hey, remember those guys? <clears throat> remember the guys that keep uh, talking to us on, on, on the, uh, the Russell Zone discussion group on Facebook? That guy, uh, Rick Vickery and Michael Jargo? I think they want to do a podcast. Let's see what they got. And yeah. look at them. Look at them now. <clears throat> Matt Schaffer. All, all he did was, and originally Matt Schaffer was a fan of the product, just like you guys, just like you are. Uh, you were a uh, nerd. Yes, sir. And, That's, I still am. And, dude, I said, yo, let's give this dude a shot, man. Let's bring him in. Oh, he's my co-host over at the Impact Attack. And the same thing with guys like William Alicia. Like I said, Billy Ray Valentine, The Professor, Tommy Wonder. Dude, we have a huge platform where we cover wrestling, conspiracy theories, Sports, comedy, movie reviews. Fuck, we got a fucking Star Wars podcast, dude. I know. A fucking Star Wars one, of all things. We got a fucking Star Wars po- A weekly Star Wars fucking podcast. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck he does that. I really don't know how he does that. Because, I mean, that movie's been dead for years, as, as far as I'm concerned. Because I stopped watching, you know, after, you know, the OGs left. Watch your mouth, by the way. <laughs> because if they heard you say that... <clears throat> They would they would explain to you in ten parsecs how come you are wrong. And if you don't know what a parsec, parsec is, of course parsec. Of course you said parsecs. I know what parsecs are. I'm a big Han Solo mark. Oh, good. By the way, Solo is an amazing movie. But listen, um, so so th- this is where we are now, bro. Hami Media. We've established this this amazing platform where we're we're growing our audience we're making great friends <clears throat> we, we we affiliated we we became affiliated with Vince Russo now over the time unfortunately i had to cut ties with onewrestling.com and this is why 
<clears throat> I'm gonna take a sip of my drink because I'm I'm getting dry. Oh man, please just just get rid of the straw and just just down the damn thing. Just go. I don't need another one yet. Yeah, exactly. He's a lightweight. He's slow. He man. made no. big but he's a lightweight. Do you know how? Uh, did I tell you how big this is? No, yeah. it looks small. You, you man. You Do you know how many I'm down so far? I am. I am on cloud nine, man. <laughs> I, am, I, I am six foot two. I am uh, two hundred and sixty pounds. We we gotta talk about that too. God damn it, we only got a few more minutes. What the hell is going on here? All right, so let me let me hurry up. So basically, guys, listen, man. We were able to establish this amazing platform where we have all these people that that re- like Billy Ray Valentine, the Infinite Fringe dude. I remember I got into a conversation with him right before he started the podcast, and I, I hopefully he'll put it over. But basically, he didn't think he could do it, and I said, dude, you are fantastic. Like you are amazing. You, of course you can do it. <clears throat> now look who he's talking to. You know, and, and this is this is my love. And and let me explain this to you guys. Do I love um do I love being on air? Yeah, it's okay. You know what I love doing, guys? I love I love creating. I love taking somebody who somebody says that guy Matt Schaffer is just the mark. He's just a fan. He's he's who is that guy? He just leaves weird comments on Facebook. And I like to take that guy. And I like to I like to prove everyone wrong. I like to show them that Matt Schaffer is a smart guy, super intelligent by the way, um, brilliant and creative. And also now look at what Matt Schaffer's doing, dude. That yeah. guy, that guy, he's he's living his dream as a television programmer. He's gonna do great things. Jargo and Vickery. Those two guys, in my humble opinion, put forth the most professional and concise uh, uh, product every week on our show. We have high-level shit. Well, let's I, not put Jargo over too much. Seriously, man. He's a jerk, and he wants to beat us up. <laughs> he wants to beat us up. He, he said as much on his own he show. He wants to beat us up because you keep running your mouth. <laughs> That's it. But I'll tell you what. He is a very sweet man because we do talk in Facebook Messenger. He's a very sweet guy. So Jargo... Yeah, Jargo, nice Jargo, I don't think people understand. You know, people, even in the Hameen Media Network, I don't think people understand, or the Hameen fan base to whatever, our family, I call them the Hameen Army. People don't understand <laughs> how much Jargo actually does. And Jargo is a genius when it comes to putting a show together, writing a show. Um, there are many times that Jargo has had to carry a show. Uh, Jargo, Michael Jargo is the man. And I love Jargo, and I am I am humbled that we were able to steal him. Because here's the funny thing, Nick Hausman, if you're listening to this, which you probably won't. You told me, who the fuck is Rick Vickery and Mike Jargo? Well, mm. guess what? Guess what, Nick? Who the fuck are you now? Does anybody ever hear about Nick Hausman? The only time I hear about Nick Hausman is when people are saying, hey, like there, there's this fat, bloated drunk at a show, and he's just marking out for everybody. And that's exactly what I saw last week That's at the, uh, what was it, the SummerSlam pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. He was like taking pictures with people like, hey, look, I'm here. And that was it. Yo, Nick Hausman, I never forget this. Remember I told you at the beginning of the podcast that people talk shit to me until they actually finally meet me? Yes, sir. Nick Hausman had this fucking thing that he started talking to me like he was my father. And... Uh-huh. Nick Hausman was staying at a hotel right next to the hotel Jen manages in Times Square. And I knew he was drinking at this uh, watering hole right next door to that hotel. 
and I went to that hotel. And Nick Hausman, if you're listening, if your boys are listening, if the Stooges are listening, you can't deny it because I did it. I went up to Nick Hausman, and Nick Hausman goes, holy shit, you are big. And I said, yeah, and I'm pissed off. I said, you want to talk outside? Nah, come on. Come on. You know, this is all fucking, you know, this is all part. I said, no, this ain't part of shit, Nick. You want to go outside? You want to talk like a man to man? Are you going to shut the fuck up and never talk about talk to me again like you're my father? Let me buy you a drink. I don't want your drink, Nick. I'll buy my own fucking drink. Are you done? I'll talk to you next week where we, where we do the rebellion. That was just before I left WrestleZone. Holy shit. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. The thing about Big Red is he's a very sweet man. But then again, there is a side of Big Red that you don't want to see. Look at him. He's got a pissed off look on his face. Yeah, well, that's a look you don't want to (laughs) see. He doesn't look very sweet to me. Ray, we only got a few minutes left with you because because you're a very busy man. So I do want to ask you a couple of questions. I I just want to have sex with Jen. That's all I want to do right now. Oh, I know, I, I know, I know. So we only got you for girl. a few more minutes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so there's one thing that I think is very important, and and you know, like you and Ben Hamin and Hamin Media in general have, have a huge bond, and you guys have been doing this for a while, and I've been listening to you. So there was there was an incident where you lost your job around the holidays, and I remember listening to your podcast, and like I'm a grown ass man, I, I really don't have much empathy or much of a heart. But I was really touched by your story, and I was touched by you, you know, before we did the podcast, obviously. But um, <laughs> oh my God. You lost your job, and... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yes, on. Sir. Are you really telling your wife that, that I touched you? Seriously, I, 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 what the hell is happening? The I'm two of you are so weird. Yeah, we're fucked up. It's a Puerto Rican thing, I guess. I don't know. But All right, sh- sh- on camera, real quick, can you show me the, uh, the on the doll where I touched you? Oh Lord! <laughs> She'll be in the doll. Oh my God! In between the anus and the balls. Oh, okay, cool. Right. So, so, it's nerdette. I'm sorry. He's he's right. Anyway, go ahead, man. You know ask, what? Ask you can take him. But you, you can take him. I don't want to go back to New York. He can come here. <laughs> Hold on. What do you mean I can take him? I saw the picture of that that thing he calls a penis. I don't think I can. <laughs> oh my God! It's I more can. like a peanut. Seriously, what the hell is happening? <laughs> so come on, we only got so much time. Oh, all, right, all right, I'm sorry. He, he, he has to fuck his wife. All right, so anyway. So, <laughs> no, 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 make love, make love. Anal love. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So you lost your job around the holidays, and uh, you had a really nice, passionate post, and you were talking about it, and then Ben Hameen said, hey, we'll talk off the air. And a couple of episodes later, it's like you had a really good Christmas, and everyone came together and rallied around Big Ray. And that really touched me. Just hearing about the you know, the evolution of like you know like you lost your job as a doorman you were trying to find another one Ben Hamid and everyone came together and you had a good Christmas for your kids man and like we've gone through hard times we wanted to talk more about this on our podcast like hard times and just growing up and having shitty situations happen but man we just went off the rails and we started talking about other shit but can you describe like that time of your life and like how everyone came together to help you and your family and like what Hamid Media means to you. Well, number one, we don't have to rush through this, guys. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the, this, I'll tell the story quickly. But <clears throat> basically, um, in this whole, in this industry, this doorman industry, um, my boss at the time, he wanted to hire, from what I understand, a very close friend or family member, and I was the last guy hired in that building. 
and what happened was he was looking for things to like he was looking for things reasons to let me go and this is a fact and I've, I've never been fired from a job that's a fact too and I, I could afford it with the union I did fight it with the union by the way our union sucks but neither here nor there um, so long story short uh, I got into uh, a situation where I found myself out of a job I'll leave it like that because I don't want to say nothing negative about this guy even though he's a heartless fuck for firing me a week after uh, Thanksgiving. Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, the people in that building all protested him, and he told them that I'm the boss. I make the final call. Wow. Damn, man. Wow. And that's that. That's again a fact. But now I might get emotional, so be bear with me. Now you're gonna see the nice side of Ray. So um. I got bills to pay, man. I have uh, a mother that depended on me financially. And I have my son. And uh, my son wasn't going to have a Christmas. I had to pay the bills. There was no way he would have a Christmas. And I told Ben, I told Ben, uh, <clears throat> God damn it, I don't want to be a pussy in front of you guys. <sighs> I told Ben, I said, dude. My son has asked me for all this shit, and I promised him for Christmas, and I can't. I said, you know, it's going to be the first Christmas that I can't provide for him. And Ben, uh, Ben said, bro, he goes, he goes, he goes, bro, I got this. Don't worry about it. He goes, do me a favor. Send me a list of uh, what your kid wants. I'm not going to make any promises, but send me a list. And I said, are you fucking shitting me, Ben? Now, this is the, the day I told him I got fired. And I didn't tell Ben I got fired till a week later because I just didn't want to talk to anybody. If you guys, I'm sure you guys understand, right? Of yeah, course, yeah. of course, yeah. of course. We've gone through it too, man. On top of that, on top of this shit, um, I had uh, applied for, uh, what do you call it, um, when you get unemployment and the fucking asshole fought it. Oh, oh my god, god dude. What so the fuck? I had yeah, I, I had no money coming in. Anyway, um I gotta tell you first, I gotta thank I gotta send a big thanks to Jen. Yeah. Because that woman had my back, guys. She had my back. And she looked out for me because she knows that uh she knows that I've always been there for her. And this is why no matter what me and her go through, we can fight, we can argue, we can be mad at each other, we can even not talk to each other for a, for a day or two. But that's why And I had the ring by the way. Just so you guys know. I had brought a ring for Jennifer three months before I got I lost my job. Oh, boy. And I had I, I had that fucking ring. And that that December twenty fourth I got on my knee and I said to myself I will never get married again because I was married before. Oh okay. And uh I, yeah I'm a divorcee. <laughs> <laughs> uh Aiden Aiden, my son, my very handsome son, is uh 
and by the way, I get along great with his with his ex with, with my ex wife, his mom. But um, I got on my one knee, man, and I asked, and I said, Jen, I said, babe, I said, man, I hope we can have moments like this every single day of my life. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just knowing that you are always there for me, that you got my back and I got your back. And I said, I want to I want to be there for you forever. And I got on my knee and I asked her to marry me right here in this house. And she cried. <laughs> she was like, you said you would never marry me. Um, <laughs> but, dude, I love that woman, man. And she had my back and been her mean. I never forget this. He made a fucking he made a list on Amazon. And all of a sudden, I get Big Sal hit me up. Hey, Ray. Hey, dickhead. What's, what's your kid really like? He called me dickhead. But anyway. He calls everyone dickhead, I bet. Yeah, yeah, everybody. <laughs> Big Sal, Stevie Richards, Greek God Papadon. I'll go down the list, man. But, like, everybody. All my... Yo. Billy Ray Valentine. Like, Matt Schaffer. Like, all these guys that just... Adam Rivera, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, a, a dead air is not good for a podcast. It's just it's hard for no, me. To no, see. man, no, no, this is really good. Like, and 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 I'm going to stop you for a second here because the reason why, like, one of the big reasons why I reached out to you guys was because of this story. And I was always a listener, and I remember hearing this story, and it touched me, man. Like, I'm not a person who really cares much about other people, but. That story touched me because, like, we always try to provide for our kids, give them the best Christmas, whatever they want. Well, we've been there. You, oh god, yeah, um, I lost my job. Power that was out. Um, Remember when I lost my job at Spectrum? I was just gonna say, after the kids were born, you lost your job. Like, we moved. We purchased this this nice apartment that was expensive. Moved to a nice neighborhood. We lost it a couple months later, and I was stunned. Yeah, immediately they they, uh, downsized and let him go. I didn't know how to tell you the news, and I no, like, 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 we keep talking over each other, her and I, because like this one really touched us, and like it, it hurt, man. Like I had no idea what to do, and and she stood by me, and like you talk about Jen, it, it like it really touches home because like we had an incident and. And like the fact that we've been together for so long is a testament to the fact that we love each other and we've been through, you know, we've been through the ringer. And God, if you, you got anything else you want to say about that? No, that's good. Or, I mean, like shit, like that, that really sucked. And like we really felt for you guys. And the way you guys came together is like a brotherhood, you know. Yo, and let me tell it was you just something. very touching. Let me tell you something. Um, you know, this is the this is the cool thing. And like, remember, I told you that everything comes kind of comes full circle. Yeah, you know, uh, it's amazing because some of these people I haven't even—I never even met the people that donated, the people that helped me, that helped me give my son a Christmas, and it's the same relationship I was able to build with Bill Skyler. Remember the guy that passed away from one wrestling? Yeah, and um, you know, you guys—it's funny because uh, you guys talk about, and 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 so you know, I listen to your shit every day, which I do, and I'm not even bullshitting you. Because I think you guys are fucking, you guys are awesome. Um, Thank you. You talk about how, you know, you live in the same neighborhood. You don't even fucking know your neighbor's name. And you like to be the kind of like standoffish. And it's weird because I get that. But I don't see that. Like, I don't feel that from you guys. Like, I I legit felt, I felt personally 
that if maybe we live closer together, we might be able to meet up for a beer. Because I think you and I, you and I, and I'm talking about you and I, me, you, the nerd and the nerdette, uh, we kind of think of, like, you know, we like our distance, but at the same time, our, our circle of people are very small. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but through this amazing, see, the internet sucks. <laughs> it does. It but, does. The understatement of the century, yes, sir. But through this amazing uh amazing thing called the internet at the same time i was able to establish amazing friendships amazing amazing connections Uh, through the internet i was able to establish this platform but i was able to help ben hameen create this fantastic platform where i created this platform at a time where i needed help but i would never ask for help but ben helped me and my brothers and homies, my brothers and sisters of Hami Media all pitched in. And my son had an awesome Christmas. And to end it all, through this amazing thing, which people can use for evil, but I found like really cool friends that I love. Dude, I love messaging you every day. Um, hopefully, I don't become annoying. But no, uh, awesome. And the reason why, let me tell you something, guys. Ben Hameen always says, and I've told you this, uh, nerd, and I don't know if you told the nerdette, but Ben Hameen says good people always have a way of finding each other. And I feel that this, first, you know, we're humbled by your sponsorship, but I don't think, it goes beyond a sponsorship, because we we're getting sponsored by other people, but the fact is that I feel that your product and what you guys are putting forth and and the message, and, and you're like, message? Yeah, it's a message. The message that you guys talk about every day is like, hey, you know, we have a right to say whatever the fuck is on our mind. Yeah, all we do is bitch, man. <laughs> yeah, and that's cool, man. And that's that's so healthy. It's so healthy to have that platform, to be able to do that. And the fact that you guys do it together is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my life. It's probably, in my humble opinion, one of the most romantic things. And I love you guys and respect you guys for doing this. I sir, I swear to God, man. You guys may think it's funny, but I, I'm telling you from my heart, I think what you guys have here is special. And I am humbled, and I am, uh, and I just wanted to come here to just talk to you guys. I don't want to be a guest. I just wanted to bullshit with you guys and just, just get to know you guys more because hopefully we can do this again. But we definitely- I want to be a third wheel, hopefully with Heather Hunter on, but I want to be a third wheel. Heather Hunter, is she going to be there? No? She will definitely be on this show right, because, right, like, right. I already threw out the feelers, and this is the beginning stage of a huge relationship between me and Heather Hunter, and you're going to be on there for sure. And uh, we have other people in mind as well, and we're going to have Vince Russo on next month. So that's going to be like our big fish for next month, I guess. Vince Russo. Can you guys and, see uh, this? Can you guys see this? Like, this is the shit that these people send me on a regular basis. Whoa! Oh my goodness! Is she sucking on a a, a dildo bong? That's exactly what it is. And you know, she kind of looks like Casey Anthony in that third picture. And that's what we were trying to get for a while. I, I don't understand this. Like, this is the shit I get every single day from the Hami Media <laughs> Network. And, and, and shit like this. Remember this? I sent this to you, nerd. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm going to buy a pair of those as well because I'm looking pretty good right now. And so are you. It's a polo onesie for and those I wanted, that can't see. Yeah. But I wanted to throw out this whole Stevie Richards fitness thing, man. So I have not tried it, but I've been plugging it because Stevie Richards. And I have been in email contact way before we even were going to reach out to you guys. And I was like, Stevie, give me your commercial. I'm going to put it on my podcast because I want to sound more legit. And he sent me the MP3. I've been playing it for a while. 
And uh, I've been doing the keto thing, and I was about 280 pounds, and I lost about 100 pounds. And you, my friend, were huge at one point as well, and now you look slim. Well, I was uh, so I was about four, I was almost 400 pounds, about 380. I was uh, what was that 386 was the yeah. plan. Yeah, I was 386. You were pretty big, man. And uh, I I started what I did was about two years ago, three years ago, maybe about three years ago, I started doing DDP yoga. But I got so bored with it. Now, it may it may not have been for me. But Stevie Richards came out with this really cool program because I, I feel like I need to, to lift something. Does that make sense? Like I oh, like yeah. I like to do an actual exercise. I like to actual and Stevie came up with this awesome thing with these resistance bands, which makes me feel like I'm going to the gym every single day, which you basically are. And using these resistance bands, and he has this amazing uh it's like an 18 week or 16 week program where you can actually manipulate this program to extend for an entire year. He doesn't charge anything, barely anything for it. Like DDP is super expensive. And and Steve excuse me, Stevie Richards, all you really have to do is go to Walmart and buy yourself some some, you know, twenty dollar resistance bands. And um honestly guys, I was able to drop like I was able to consistently drop. Uh, I stayed under the two. Like I'm about two sixty now, but I'm a big. I'm a really big dude. Like you, I don't know if you guys really un, really get it, but uh, and and now, like with DDP yoga, I had lost weight, but I had no muscle. Like now I'm. Getting, Jesus Christ! Look at this motherfucker. He's fucking yoked. No, I'm a big. I'm a big He's dude. Yoked. And and Jen, and I can I can't tell you, Jen cannot get her ass off my face. Oh my you, God. you have to get Jen on here, man, because like the nerdette is feeling really left out of place because she's the only female right now. No, I'm not. I'm fine. No, she understands. I'm sure she yeah, can. Yeah, dude, but, like the Stevie Ray Fitness thing, man, like I started off at about 280 pounds, right? And now I'm at about 180, 175, 180 because I fluctuate with the whole wow. weight thing. Dude, I feel so good right now and I'm a lazy fuck, man. And if I did Stevie Ray Fitness or Stevie Ray, what the fuck is Stevie, Stevie Ray? I've done this before. You, you, We're coming after you, N-word. Are, are you talking about Booker T's brother, Stevie Ray? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why I keep doing that because I've done this before. It's Stevie Richards, and I love this guy, man. Stevie Richards is a fucking cool-ass dude, and the best thing about his program is he gives you personalized support. If you email him, he will email you back personally. It's not like a, a customer service rep. It's him. It's actually him. But yeah, man, Big Ray, I know like we're going a little bit late. I have one last question for you, my friend. Go ahead, man. So your wife and my wife have to deal with two horny Puerto Ricans. Oh, yes. And my question is this. How the hell do they put up with us? And how much longer do we have before we have I to don't. find someone else? I don't. <laughs> I say, fuck you. And I walk out of the room. That's what I do. You know, this is what I've come to, to, to understand. Uh, with, within my relationship, you know, yeah. How me, long have you been together? Five years? How long was it? About five and a half years now. Yeah, okay, five years. Yeah. See, we've been together a long time. Like, get the fuck out like of here. Like 14 years? 14 I'll years? I'll see now. you later. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know you know what's awesome? The fact that you guys, and I love the way you guys talk to each other. And people may find it crude or gross or whatever. Fuck that yeah, but shit. But we laugh. Like, we think it's funny. This is just yeah. how we... This is and, how we are in normal life. And you know what? Fuck the people that, that get offended by it. Because I'll tell you what. I love my woman. I think she is fucking hot. I think she is sexy. I love... Don't get offended. I love the way her pussy tastes. I love her. She is amazing. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. 
right? Yeah, same way about mine. Oh I'm my not- God! Shut and, up. And and, 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 and let me tell you something, guys. There is nothing wrong when you you know when you when you're tossing a salad, you get a little bit of that toilet paper in your mouth. It is what it is. It happens. Oh my while. God! I can't. God damn it! Why couldn't this have been earlier? Because this, now, like, you, <laughs> dude, come on, come on. <laughs> I love this shit. Listen. I, I appreciate you guys, man. Um, Have a big you know, every, every at the end of every audio video or audio uh, thing I do, <clears throat> every time, uh, whether it's OneWrestling.com, whether it was WrestleZone, Hami Media, uh, wherever I've, I've ever been, I've always ended every show. And I always said this. I always say I would do this for a living, but if I couldn't, I would do it anyway. Why? Because I love talking, and it's whether it's wrestling whether it's life, whether it's conspiracy, whether it's love. And you ask me this question, why does do these these women deal with us? I think it's because they know deep inside that we're good guys. And when it comes, when shit hits the fan, we're there for them. Agreed. And, Agreed. and that's that's the most, and not only that, but we're very well-hung lovers. And, you know. Well-hung, eh. You know. Go that far. Oh, God. I just spit some beer out. God damn it. Are you laughing about my dick on live TV? <laughs> Look at his face. Let's edit, edit this thing out. God damn it. She's yeah. like, well, hung for a baby horse. <laughs> but I'll I tell love, you what. I love oh, you guys. You guys, guys are awesome. freaking funny. Big Ray, you're fucking awesome, man. And I would love to have you on. Because, like, the thing is, like, you have to introduce someone onto your show with their origin story. With the whole Bill Laughter and your dad and everything. But now, next time we have you on, we can get fucking weird, man. Like, talk you about what? How about this? Okay, so usually, um, when I'm off Wednesdays and Thursdays, okay? Okay. And I don't do shit usually on Wednesdays. Maybe me and Jen will go out Thursday nights, maybe Wednesdays. Why don't we do this? Maybe in a week or two. I'll just come on and just bullshit with you guys for That'd two hours. Awesome. Awesome. Just bullshit. Like, like now, now, now you, listen, listen, all you, uh, all you nerd, uh, well, uh, all you voices of misery fans out there, uh, now you know who the fuck I am, and I know who you are. And please, you can send all your nudes to uh, <laughs> to my Twitter or Instagram at Big Ray's Show. That's B I G R A Y S S. That's the extra X is for extra saliva, I guess. Uh, S H W. Or or you can fo- oh you can if you can find me on Facebook, I'm at Raymond Big Ray Hernandez. You can you can shoot me a, a friend request if if you know you're not weird and if you have you know uh, pants on, I'd probably accept you. So. Is that cool, guys? <laughs> hey, I guarantee that if Big Ray stands up right now, he's not wearing pants or underwear. So please don't stand. You want to see? No. Oh, no. No, please don't. Oh, Lord. She's secretly man. looking back at the screen no. because she wants to see it. And then me and her are going to fight tonight because we'll of this. the red ball I put in my mouth when Jeff. <laughs> All right, Big Ray. My friend, so um, you've lost a lot of weight on Steve Ray Fitness. Uh, Steve Ray. Uh, Steve Steve God damn it. I am way too drunk tonight for this bullshit. But anyway, my friend. We, dude, we love you, man, and we love everybody on Hobby Media. Can I plug one thing, guys? Please, oh, please. Uh, please go for it. If you guys are are interested, like I know you guys, uh, a lot of you out there, like conspiracy theories. What the fuck? Listen, guys, um, it expands your mind. Uh, it makes you think. And we we we're not telling you that what we're saying is fact, but we're saying that guys, open your minds and just you do the research. But check out our shows because they're fucking entertaining. So listen, guys. If you want to check out awesome shows that are funny, that talk about sports, politics, uh, fucking conspiracy theories, pop culture, 
a little bit of everything, please head over to hackerhameen.podbean.com, the same platform where you guys are listening to this amazing podcast, Hear the Voices of Misery, okay? And subscribe. You don't have to subscribe, or you can subscribe to your favorite show on the platform. Uh, again, I am on weekly at, on the Impact Attack with my brother. Uh, he's not really my brother, but he's my brother from another mother, uh, Matt Schaffer. <laughs> And uh, and oh, Matt Schaffer, man. Oh, he's the man, bro. Matt is, oh, I love this kid. Uh, he's awesome. And and by the way, guys, I produce like three or four shows on this damn platform. And uh, if you if you have any questions, if you have if you want to start a podcast, if if you just listen, if you just need a friend to talk to, man, I've always I've always been been there, man. Like that's why I ask you guys to follow me on social media, or you can shoot me an email at Big Ray's Wrestling Show at Yahoo.com. And uh, if you guys need some help, uh, you know, with voiceovers or me creating an in, uh, an intro for you guys, I'll do that too. I, I hope I'm glad you guys like the little thing I did. I oh my god, I fucking love, love them. those intros. I love them. I'm actually cool. kind of jealous, man, because she loves your voice more than mine. Oh uh, my god, I'm really and I'm really jealous. So so so, what are we doing? Like a wife swap type thing? No, Je- hell, no, there? no, no. <laughs> Uh, is that oh what we're God. doing? What is happening? <laughs> well, what was happening? Nerdette, excuse me. Me and me and me and this guy are talking. So what are we doing here, uh, nerd? So how about her and, and and Jen get together and me and you get together? Oh God, no. please, I'm gonna seriously. We can definitely do that. Not for nothing, oh, nerd. Right. Uh, I am down. You should you shave your balls, right? Oh my I God. I will for you, my friend. I'll you know I'll do yours, you do mine. How's that? Can we oh like that? God, even better. I can't. Even better. This is the, oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Nerdette, Nerdette, this is the beginning of, mm-hmm. a, of a beautiful, beautiful friend. I, I can tell. I can tell. All right, so my friend, <laughs> we are done with this podcast tonight, and I, I can't wait to have you back on. And if you stay on for a minute or two after we stop the stop button or hit the stop button, whatever the hell you want to call it, we will call this one a wrap, and yeah, man, this is fucking Big Ray Valentine. This is a fucking awesome motherfucking episode, and we're going to have some more people on from this uh, platform, and holy shit, they're awesome. All right, later. Y'all are infidel attacker Hameen here. I just wanted to take a minute and give a shout-out to our boys on the independent media scene, at Voices of Misery on Twitter. Give them a follow, or check them out, voicesofmisery.podbean.com. They're doing the same thing we are, trying to build their platform overcome corporate media by putting out great content for all their listeners every week so check them out again voices of misery uh wherever you get all your uh content itunes i'm sure they're on uh stitcher spotify wherever you guys get it uh listen because they're hooking us up all month long all the content you hear at hackerhameen.podbean.com is because they sponsored us this month so do us a solid go back over there let's all support each other and we're going to overcome together this corporate media that is so bunk that none of us want to listen to it anymore so y'all law infidels that's not a ask that's a command hacker hameen says you will follow at voices of misery or else i'll put some misery in your life y'all law <laughs> Cause the pain is so vital He can lose by account I'm still retaining the title You can win by DQ with your